if you're going to be a seller in this market, these this podcast is the one you need to listen to. This is like, this is the how to crush it as a seller in the Kamloops real estate market here at the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Yeah, this is your playbook right here. My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. We are live. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, Mally J. Hello. I'm here at the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. That's where we are. <laughs> Down at the old Royal LePage pod booth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got some pretty good, in- interesting content to share today. Yeah, it's like a nice, tidy nugget. It's imp- yeah. important, right to the point. It's like a top four. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't want to... Such a like a thing, you know, top four, top five, <laughs> 10 ways to improve your fill in the blank. Yeah. This is just how to crush it as a seller. How to crush it. Yeah. So this is a different intro today. <laughs> Uh, only a couple days left to vote. Two days left, in fact. Two days left to vote for Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast as the best local Ooh. podcast in Kamloops. Yeah. At um, bestof.kamloopsbcnow.com. Cam- best of. Best of. Nothing would make me happier than if you voted for our podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're not listening to this podcast, can you please tune in, first of all? <laughs> and then can you vote before Friday? <laughs> and if you are listening, take one moment of your time and dip onto the internet. Yeah, and cast not, a vote. Not only just us, too. There's a lot of great businesses out there in Kamloops that need mm-hmm. your support, that would really appreciate your uh, tick box and vote That's for true. them. Yeah. Um, I've ticked mine. Same. And it's, yeah, it's a simple process. It's free to do. It doesn't take long. And the podcast category is under the media tab for right cruising the categories because there's a lot of categories. Right. And your band, we can plug your band. That's true. My band Sweater Kittens is up for best band in Kamloops again. So And you um, you're you're coming off like a bronze medal last year. Last year we got third bronze. I didn't yeah. even get an honorable mention. I feel like you would have been just shy of the podium <sighs> last year. This year's different. Right. This year's different. Can so I, hopefully can I tell you our, a funny experience? Please. So Years ago, prior to Best of, mm-hmm. there was the Chamber Awards. Oh, yeah. Is there still the Chamber Awards? For sure, there I are. feel like this yeah. is the Chamber Awards. When it was the Chamber Awards, it was sponsored by TD. Okay. And as a home inspector, I was voted for uh, Best Service Provider in Kamloops. Made the top... Hey, right on. Down to the top three. Amazing. So you go to the banquet, you got your speech planned, mm-hmm. and I literally thought I had it in the bank. <laughs> like the other two businesses, like, no, I'm winning this, baby. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here he comes, like they're, they're standing up, they're about to announce the winner. I'm literally out of my chair, getting ready to stand up, looking at my wife, giving her the old wink. Uh, sit down, Parker. You didn't win. <laughs> but better to be prepared. And you know what? Confidence is important. I felt Positivity. like a turd. <laughs> Thank God it's not like the Oscars where they had a camera on you. Though. I know, right? I know. <laughs> That's funny. And yeah, it's just one of those things that this Best in Kamloops competition, it means something. There's something really, I don't know, I'm really 
proud to see the the podcast on the list of nominees. So yeah, congrats for that. We're good for that. Let's see how we do. Appreciate it. Appreciate the listen. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Anyways, let's get into how you're going to crush it as a seller. Yeah. Um, I think a big part of the selling experience comes down to different factors. And that's why I wanted to highlight some of the like important features like that you can do as a seller to make sure that you have a great experience through the process of selling your home. Yeah. It is your biggest investment, most people's biggest investment, yeah. that they will ever make in their entire lives. Mm-hmm. It comes down to this crucial moment when you're ready to sell it on the market. Um, you want the most money, you want the best experience, you want the least friction. Mm-hmm. You don't want any liability later. Yeah. Um, you just want to have a good experience with it. And Smooth. as a real, real estate agent, I want everyone to have a great experience. That's why I want to I, that's why I want to get this podcast out on on basically how to crush it. Right. Because as you you as a realtor do, you know, what you do, bring what you do to the um transaction, but there are things that sellers as individuals can do to to help themselves through the transaction. That's like um, yeah, you have as, to take, as a team. You you have to take some responsibility as a seller because mm-hmm. it's a big part of your transaction is mm-hmm. going to be you know, how you present your home and how, and how we're going to get into it. Yeah. Let's jump right in. Okay. This is like the top four. Yeah. Top four. Uh, and, and I'm starting from the least to best, but <laughs> every one of these steps is super important. <laughs> yeah. They're all crucial. <laughs> they're all very, very crucial. Um, so let's start with the first one. It's preparing for photos and showings. Yes. And recently we had this discussion just before the podcast I've had a really good run with with some of my clients. They've done exceptional work mm-hmm. getting their home ready for the photo shoot, which is the first kind of introduction to their house, mm-hmm. and then later buyer showings because you, you're not going to get anybody come to your house if it doesn't show well in the photos. It's the photos are the first impression. Totally. And that's where everyone's everyone's online looking at the listings. That's exactly the first point, the very first touch point that people are going to have of your home is the photos. I would love to know um, how many photos the average person goes through before they've already decided this is the one I want to go look at. Right. Or on the flip side, I'm not interested. Or I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I had to guess for me... That's probably six or seven at least. I was gonna, th- I was gonna say three. Oh, nice. Okay. I feel like those first three pictures, mm-hmm. there needs to be like a really nice exterior photo. Yeah, an establishing shot. <laughs> establishing shot showing this is what you're buying. Yeah. And then the next two photos have to be those like warming spots, like kitchen, mm-hmm. maybe a living room. Yeah. If there's something special or big or beautiful about it. If you have a great backyard, that needs to be in those first few yeah, photos. A big feature. So let's talk about how we get ready for uh, photos. Let's do it. Um, step one. Step one. <laughs> I, I want to say, I'm just going to jump in. Yep. Step one is probably taking a step back and looking at your home through some, try and... An objective lens. Try and filter through an objective lens because it is an emotional process and it can be a lot of work, but like, yeah, you kind of have to look at it through the eyes of a buyer. Yeah. So, uh, I mean... There's a couple things that you need to think about. Mm-hmm. You want to make your house look big. Mm-hmm. You want it to be very depersonalized. Yeah. It can have texture and flavor and like a feeling. Style. Style. Yeah. But it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be like what grandma's house feels like when you Yeah. Go there. Your whole tchotchke collection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some decluttering, some depersonalizing. Yeah. So it starts with 
the idea that I uh, that I bring to the table when I list a property is we have, of course, we have a video, and that video is I'm, is probably boring to watch. It's not like <laughs> it's on your YouTube channel. It's on my YouTube. Yeah, channel. if anyone's interested. <laughs> yeah, you can download it. Um, I think it's about six minutes long, and it mm-hmm. basically walks through the key areas that I want those photos to look perfect. Mm-hmm. Starting with the kitchen. Yeah, the kitchen needs to be completely decluttered. Totally. And it's not a, not an overstatement. You'd really mean it yeah. completely. And I feel like I always have to say it twice. Yeah. <laughs> because the first round of decluttering in a kitchen removes like stuff in the sink and maybe yeah. a few things on the table. And then it's like, okay, well, that's phase one. <laughs> but we still need to remove the coffee pot and the blender and the mixer and the cookbooks. And everything the, off the fridge. Everything off the fridge. Yeah. Because um, what you are really looking for is a totally clean kitchen counter for one. Yep. Like you want to be able to see the seam, <laughs> like nothing like no tiny appliances lined up, a bowl of, um, or like a fake fruit, a bowl of, <laughs> yeah, bowl of fake fruit or like your tall utensils that you keep in a bucket on the, like that goes away. Yeah. Just crisp, clean lines. It's got to show big. Mm-hmm. I, I need other people to envision what their stuff will look like on that counter and how much room they're going to have to, make bread and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, muffins and, and, you know, food preparation, right? Yeah. So the rule I have is, write this down. If you're in the kitchen, if, it, if you have to open the fridge to, to qualify whether or not there's somebody living there, you've done a good job. <laughs> <laughs> you've it done a great job. that uncluttered. <laughs> it's just like, it looks like a brand new house. Yeah. And, and I'm elaborating here and brand new shouldn't be the word I use because it should just look like an unlived in house. Yeah. Not every house is going to look brand new for, mm-hmm. for, for that purpose. But when you're walking into that kitchen, you should be you're wondering, like, hmm, is there even any dishes in the cabinets? I don't know because yeah. it feels like nobody lives here. Mm-hmm. That's a job well done. That and is those a job. photos will go miles online activity. And as you said, kitchen's often the second photo that we post as a, in the photo lineup for, for a listing. So having it hit just just crisp and clean and big and bright is yeah. big to keep for someone to keep clicking through. It's a make or break. I read this years ago where it was a interior decorator who had given a kind of a list of emotional qualities that people take when they walk into a house. Mm-hmm. And one of the key things that has always stood with me is that when you open the door, if you can see into the kitchen from that perspective, there's a major like endorphin drop for women. Drop. Drop. Okay, like not a drop. Oh, spike? Spike. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's good. Yeah. I meant like drop it. Oh. <laughs> it's got dropped. <laughs> like with emphasis. <laughs> yeah, like not not down, up. Up. Okay, yeah. So if you can, and, and houses necessarily aren't always built that way. Like right. there's just not the ability to do that. But if you think about a modern house mm-hmm. with an open layout, when you open the front door, if you can see into that kitchen... There's like a huge reflection of of the desirability to like want to keep walking in to maybe. keep going, yeah, mm-hmm. to, to enter, right? Yeah, so it's interesting. So you got to make that kitchen sing. You got to make it work. Yeah. Uh, when you walk into a house, obviously, if you go into a house and you have yourself, your partner, your real estate agent, maybe your kids are there for a showing. If there's five or six people and you open that front door and you're tripping on someone else's shoes, that's a terrible first impression. Yeah. Because it just feels, you feel claustrophobic and cluttered yeah. at, the, at the start point. Yeah, a little hemmed in. 
That's a really good point, actually, keeping that entryway nice and easy breezy. I remember opening a door to a house when I was showing it, and I opened the door and it hit something that was up against the door from the back. Oh, wow. And the door didn't even open all the way because oh, it was that cluttered. Gosh. It's like a bad first impression. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, okay, so kitchen, entryway, for, and photos and showing. Obviously, you're still living there while all this is going on, but it, having it ready for photos will... Barely living there. ...be able to, yeah, have it maintain it as ready for showing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a level of discussion here where, of course, you got to live in your home. And if you have kids, I mean, you have kids. There's, there's Life happens. Life happens. Mm-hmm. But I want to emphasize something. If you want the most money, the best first impression, and you want that transaction to be really super streamlined, it's going to be a little painful. Yeah. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some work. Yep. It, it just doesn't, you, you just don't get everything you want and... You know, Have you don't get easy. in shape at the gym by walking in the front door and saying, well, I don't really want to break a sweat because I'm wearing a nice shirt. Yeah, good point. You just got to, there's a little price to pay. Yeah, but there is a roadmap through it. Like it's, it's, these are, these are the steps right here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we've touched on a couple highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just, I don't want to get on every single one. Download the video on my YouTube page. Uh, maybe we could put a link or something in the notes here, but mm-hmm. which will take you through the long note, drawn out process. But I want to highlight some of the items. Um, windows need to be opened. Yeah. Not windows open, but the blinds need to be opened. Daylight. All the lights need to be on. Mm -hmm. If you have a a large bay window and when you open the curtains for the first time and I don't know how long and you see that the windows all fogged up or, you know, there's like dusty, dusty, you're definitely going to need to clean that because Mm -hmm. that window is going to be exposed the entire time we're taking photos. Um, for all the showings, we need as much daylight as possible to make everything look big and bright. Yeah. And we talked about CFL bulbs. <laughs> if you got them, throw them in the garbage <laughs> or recycling. Recycle them. Like nothing low wattage, is that what you mean? Well, they just, they kind of come on and they, they like, takes like 20 oh, minutes yeah. for the light to get excited inside <laughs> the bulb. There's nothing worse than walking into a dark room in a basement, having mm. to turn the light on and it's dark and you're like, still, still feels- can't see. Yeah. Um, that's not going to win anybody's emotion when they're walking through your house. Yeah, good point. And for photos, obviously natural light is the best light. Mm -hmm. And so you just want as much light as humanly possible. And if you have a plant or something up against a window that's like crucial to daylight entering, let's say it's the big bay window in your living room, Yeah, the plant might have to go. It might look really nice in there, but if it's stopping daylight from coming in, Mm -hmm. um, it could be a problem. Yeah. It might limit some of that... uh, feel. And and like you really can't underestimate the impact that that feel has on the what the photos end up looking like and how it feels like when people walk through your home. Yeah. yeah good point. It's hard work up front, but I promise you it will pay dividends because if the photos look good, we're going to get more people into your home and I can't sell your home if I don't have them standing inside your home. Right. Yeah. This is a small world where people <laughs> buy houses without standing in them, but that's not the norm. Yeah. More, okay. better pictures, more views online, more showings, more opportunity to sell. For more money. Yeah. It's an and equation. Quicker. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Okay. Let's, let's touch on the, the next one, which so, I feel is um, super important. I don't think it gets talked a whole lot about, um, which is doing your due diligence prior to listing your home. Right. I'm going to break this down into a couple categories. Of course... 
uh, price is a big factor, but I don't even want to talk about it in this segment because we're going to talk about it maybe in another segment. <laughs> but doing a risk assessment of all the items that might come up through the transaction. Yeah. Like uh, do that with your realtor, you mean? or Do it with your agent. Mm-hmm. So looking at what are possible wa- ways that a buyer is going to negotiate against my, like the price that I've chosen to put on you on the front of the house. Yeah. Right. So if you got old mechanical items, if you have a roof that's deteriorated, if you have um, a hot water tank that might look really nice, but it's 11 years old and, and typically insurance companies don't like 11 year old hot water tanks and they require them to be replaced. Mm-hmm. These are not areas where someone's going to walk into a home and go, oh, well, look how shiny the hot water tank is. <laughs> No, but it's going to be a, a later problem for you. Right. It's going to be, you're going to get to an accepted offer and then they're going to try and beat you up again in a renegotiation process. Okay. So we look at all the risks, okay? Maybe you don't have a big square footage. It's even more important to make that home look big mm-hmm. and see that it's big. Yeah. Because you're going to change the subconscious of the buyer by doing all those things. If you have two big L-shaped you know, living room couches Yeah, and they're taking up all the space, but it's a great place to hang out and play video games or watch movies. That might not be the, the best option for you. Because like, it's too much furniture in one it's, room. You mean? It's too much furniture. Yeah. It might seed mm-hmm. that the room is small and that's going to be, that's how I consider like, that's a risk. Okay. A risk at getting maybe full price, a risk at just looking at all the risks that you're going to have on your property. Yeah. Um, some of the other items that, don't get talked about enough uh, in the risk assessment is like permits. Oh, like outstanding permits? Outstanding permits, mm-hmm. um, maybe bylaw infractions that come up in the building information report uh, from the city accounts, TNRD, CSRD, whichever district you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, those, are, those are items that come back to, um, to hit you in the face pretty hard. And at a moment when you're not expecting them, they can leave you vulnerable. They can leave you vulnerable to a negotiation, they can leave you vulnerable to trying to get something fixed at a, an appropriate price mm-hmm. rather than if you, you know, let's say you had a couple of weeks to digest um, railings or something that wasn't, you know, that had a permit for a deck, but you didn't put, put the railings on and it's <laughs> outstanding, right? right? So, you know, you have the ability to go get prices or maybe go get lumber and do this project yourself and get everything solved before a buyer is sitting there going, I got three days to remove conditions. I want 10 grand off the price right. for this. Yeah. Right? And you're super vulnerable. And what about surroundings? It's a good one. Ooh. Yeah. Surroundings are good. Uh, what if your neighbor's dog is outside in the yard barking <laughs> after school when the kids get home? Uh-huh. How do we, f- how do we feel about that as a buyer <laughs> walking through a house? There's a boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and they do it every day. That dog comes out and barks every day. The, the dog might be held in the house all day and then finally gets to get out at three o'clock when the kids get home from school and... You know, you're walking through the backyard and the dog's barking. It's not going to set a great first impression. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell your neighbor to deal with it, but that's probably not going to work out very well. <laughs> but maybe you'd, you maybe you want to limit showings through a certain period of time ah, during the day. Ooh, that's creative. I don't want to give away the location, but there is a location uh, nearby the outskirts of Kamloops mm-hmm. where it's a lot windier in the later part of the day. Oh, mm-hmm. And... The very first time I ever listed a property out there, the seller said you should have showings in the morning. It's calmer. 
That is really insightful. Yeah. And so, yeah, they were dead on. I've listed lots of properties out there and it is cyclical every afternoon, especially in the summertime. The wind picks up. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't feel the same when you got wind in your face and it's blowing your hair around. And like, do you think there's at all, are there any concerns around that? Like it's, you know, it's not like you're hiding anything. It's just trying to put the best foot forward, right? Trying to make the best first impression. Right. This particular location also has like some birds nearby, Hmm. maybe a loon. You're not going to hear it with the wind blazing. Yeah. But if you have that quiet, you know, like that very smooth kind of watery lake sound, Mm -hmm. it's just a great first impression. Yeah. That's a really good point to consider in terms of. How is it best to show your your home? Okay. Well, what about um, you might have a wood stove. Uh, you might you could be in a complex that's had some water damage. Uh, let's say it's a strata complex and it's had a number of water failures recently. Mm-hmm. And insurance is a little more, like it has a higher deductible mm-hmm. for water damage. That's something you probably need to know before you list the property mm-hmm. because there might be a way to combat that by finding, spending a little bit of time to do due, due, due diligence to find the underwriter that gives you the best options to insure that property. Right. That's a big one because <laughs> there's a number of complexes in, in, in and around the Kamloops area where they've had a lot of water failures. What do you and, mean by water failure? So let's say you have a strata complex. Your complex is going to be insured... As a company. Yeah. So the whole complex is going to have uh, water damage as part of their, you, you pay into your strata fees and that strata fee, one of the things it covers is the main bones of the insurance package for your p- complex. Right. Okay. So let's say there has been water pipes that have failed numerous times mm. and the insurance company is paying $250,000, $200,000, $150,000 each time one of these happens. Um, because the damage goes downhill and it might affect multiple units and there's lots of drywall damage and mm. it's a big process. Okay. So they, you know, they've just decided that a deductible for water damage here is going to be higher to try and offset some of that risk. And if it's 50 or I've heard of some of being $100,000 deductibles, mm. that's a big hit. Yeah. So if you're interested in buying that complex and you've gone through the whole process... And at the day of subject removals, you're finally getting to reading the insurance deductibles. You're like, I got, I'm not spending a hundred grand if I if the toilet overflows. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, I might as well just service the damage myself. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, there might be an underwriter out there that will cover some of that deductible in a separate insurance package. I see. Okay. So when I say do the due diligence before listing. It's solving those problems that are going to come up during your transaction. Right. So that you can seed. Hey, you're not going to try and hide the fact that it has a high deductible, but you might seed the fact that for another 350 bucks, you're going to be able to get an extra coverage. It's going to knock that deductible down to 25,000. Right. So there's an element of like, yeah, anticipating, anticipating what could be a problem for a buyer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's not just, let's get a price on it. And let's just get it on the market. Let's take mm-hmm. pictures with our iPhone. This is like this is a real critical package that you need to be planning for ahead of time. And I say a lot of these things, yeah, that there's a real estate element to this, like your agent should be seeding all this. But I want to throw this out there so that you as a seller can understand the importance of some of these factors. So when you're 
meeting with an agent that you're, you know, maybe some of this information and some of these risks are like something that you could discuss with them so that you can plan out how mm-hmm. the process is going to work. Totally. Because because uh, like the topic of today's crushing is it. crushing it as a seller. Like you, you know, there's um, a, there's a you, crush counter. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. we're up to like 15 times. <laughs> well, and you know, I know in a lot of transactions, if these things aren't done beforehand, it's just more of a scrambling quality in your yeah. short time to get this deal happen. Like it, it can, this, this work beforehand can really alleviate some of the, the headaches that all of a sudden have, are so urgent. Yeah. Um, yeah, and can ensure that sort of smoother. It's like anything else. More desirable you're, experience. <laughs> when your car breaks down on the side of the highway, mm-hmm. when you finally get someone to come out and help you fix it, are you really like then price shopping that guy? Right. No. <laughs> so you're going to take it however you get it. Yeah. Whereas if you just maybe replaced something at the shop weeks before you went on your big trip or whatever, mm-hmm. it's just better due diligence. Yeah. Like in an urgent moment, you might be more vulnerable to leaving money on the table or being in a, money on the yeah, table. in a worse Perfect. off position in a negotiation. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. And if you're a seller and you're in a situation where you're selling and buying in the same transaction, which mm-hmm. most people do, mm-hmm. if you're in a situation where you've got a deal in your house, it's conditional, and now you're scrambling to go find a property, or maybe you have a property in mind that's always been the one, and you make an offer on that property... Now some of these issues that come up, it seems really easy to buy your way out of them because you're more now focused on getting into the new property mm-hmm. and you might leave five, ten thousand $10,000 on the table. Like maybe it's, maybe it's less, maybe it's more, who knows, but mm-hmm. it's just better. Yeah. It'll be uh, way better informed. To be prepared. Yeah. And I, I mentioned wood stove too. There's a, there's a number of issues that come with this. Having your wood, if you have a wood appliance, like a wood stove or a, a boiler or an insert that's wood, you need to have an updated wet certification on that, which is just like an, an insurance document that, mm-hmm. that's, that says that someone's looked at this that knows what they're looking at with wood appliances yeah. and has certified it. Because that's another thing that there's not a lot of those inspectors around that do that work. And trying to locate one in two weeks is, can, can be very difficult. Right. And so. WET is an acronym, W-E-T-T, not... Doesn't really make wet. any sense, but it's <laughs> Wood Energy Technology and Training. Right. It's just always, I just always found it funny that a fireplace yeah. inspection is called a wet inspection. Like those are two very opposite yeah. things. <laughs> you think when you're getting a wet inspection, you're like checking for moisture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, let's move on to another main category in... Uh, crushing it as a seller. Crushing it as a seller. Is... Pricing it right. Ooh, boy. This is a tough it's one. a big one. Yeah, because it's very, super emotional. Yep. Um, you're going to meet with an agent. They're going to show you some comparables. They're going to show you the, the competing houses that are going to compete against you at whatever price point and mm-hmm. whatever criteria your house is at. And uh, together, as a team, you got to choose where you're going to list it. Mm-hmm. And I would say in this market, it's very different than other markets. This market is very sensitive. We're not in a... The Kamloops market in general or the time that we're at right now? The time that we're at in the Kamloops market. I see. Yeah. Um, I know that I spoke to an agent a couple weeks ago uh, in the lower mainland and they seem like they're going gangbusters again. And maybe in that particular market, pricing it adequately is is not as as important. Mm -hmm. But here in Kamloops right now, 
the market is decent. It's, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's quite good. It's mm-hmm. a good spring market. But we've just came off of a horrible winter. Right. A horrible winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, buyers are sensitive to price. Yeah. So if you're twenty-five or thirty-five or forty-five thousand dollars more than where you should be at, you could be overlooked by a number of buyers mm-hmm. who may not even take a peek at your house because it just seems so irrelevant coming out of an aggressive market from last year that you know if it's priced at five ninety-nine, um, they're they're probably not thinking they'd take five fifty. Right. So I'm not going to look at it because that's my number. That's my top end. Mm-hmm. And I, I spoke to a client last night who was looking at a property online virtually, and um, they just wiped it off their list. I, I had mentioned that I'd been through the property and it was overpriced, but I gave them the price I thought it was worth. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be worth going to look at it because it's been sitting on the market for a long time. Yeah. And they just, eh. I really I, we'll just pass on it. Killed their interest. Killed their interest. Killed yeah. a potential buyer for that um, for that homeowner. Mm-hmm. Which, which is, if they price it right to begin with, you usually get more activity. Yeah. There's when there's more activity, there's more emotional desire to pay full price or over asking. If you get more than one buyer in mm-hmm. the property at the same time, who who wants to fight over who's going to get it? Um, you you could. There was a house that got listed two, three weeks ago. I mentioned on a podcast previous, but it was in Aberdeen. It was mildly underpriced and it went well over where it should have been. Ah. So in, in multitude of offers came in. Yeah. They all came flowing in. Isn't that interesting? Because it gives people a chance to fall in love with it, as you were saying, like the build this, you know, when it seems like something's in your price range and it's, yeah, this is perfect. You can, you start envisioning living there. You start sort of building a little right. life there before you've even made an offer. So I think, yeah, there's that um, not jeopardizing that emotional attachment that people can form. Around their home. Yeah, like not the first barrier being price is, yeah, having it priced right makes, Here's a statement. makes a lot of sense. Here's a statement a lot of sellers say. Mm-hmm. They say, well, we could always price it a little higher because we can always come down, but if we price it lower, we can't go up. Mm. And is this factor myth, Parker? It's factor myth, big time. I mean, <laughs> no, I was asking you which one. No, well, it's a fact that they say it. It's but. a fact that they say it, but it's a myth that that's a strategy <laughs> that works. So it's kind of both. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Why I, is it a myth? Like, what, what, what about that statement? Let's pick that apart. Is okay, okay, let's pick it apart. Okay. So I feel your house is worth, let's say, five hundred. Sure. And I recommend a four ninety nine nine list. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, let's list it at 550 because we can always come down. Sure. So on week three of being on the market, it's old news. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of fresh activity looking at that property. And now you're thinking, well, you know, maybe it's a little high. So we should drop it now to 525. Mm-hmm. And so 525 is still probably significantly overpriced. And there'd be a huge... Number like we we have the ability as real estate agents to evaluate um, in different on any listing that's got an MLS number. If you reduce that price by a certain amount, how many more people will click on it through MLSRealtor.ca and all the streamlines? Right, and you'll see where a huge chunk of buyers are sitting that are matched to your house, but 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 the price is not in their category. Yeah, 
you'll just know that if you just dropped it into those bigger chunk categories, that you're going to get a flurry of activity. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting at 525 for another three weeks and you're now 60 days, 50 days, 30 days on the market, um, nobody's giving you full price at when you drop it to 499 now. Right. Like you've been on the market for 75 days. Yeah. Like I'm coming in at, at 449. <laughs> so you you just drag out the process. Mm-hmm. If the you know, if you had started at 499, you might have ended up with 495. You might end up with that 98, 99% of full price. You or might, over if there were multiples. Over. Yeah. Yeah. I totally see that. Like because there is sort of a staleness that happens when something's sitting for so long on the market. Well, and there's definitely a buyer who decides because it's been on the market, this guy's got to be, Desperate. I say guy, this, these people, yeah. the seller, guy or gal, <laughs> must be ready to take a, a beating in price. So we'll just <laughs> offer them this low ball, this stink bid, <laughs> as one of my clients calls it. A stink bid. A stink bid. Let's <laughs> stink bid them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So pricing it right obviously shortens that the days on market that it might sell being overlooked. So if Well, there's an emotional element there too. So mm-hmm. you're sitting on the market for 60 days um, with nobody coming to look. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it right, you're cleaning your house. Your kitchen's clean. Your kitchen's clean, yeah. right? Everything is prepped. Decluttered. For, and there's nothing happening. So yeah. it's it's yeah, it works on you too, like emotionally and physically you're yeah. you're paying Draining. the price mm-hmm. for for not having action. Yeah. And I would say there's different markets, okay? There is median house price markets. That's where that's where you have to be really really dialed in because that's where the most of the buyers are hanging out in. So, if I took you on some showings mm-hmm. and right now the median house price in Calum is 720,000 bucks. If I took you to go look at 10 houses in that 700 to 750, mm-hmm. okay? At the end of those 10 showings, you've may have never looked at a house in 15 years, mm-hmm. at the end of those 10 showings, you're the expert in what's where the best and worst of those houses are because you've just seen everything that's on the market. Right. So you go to the first one and you're like, well, it's small. It's not, you know, it's not ticking any boxes for me, whatever. And you go to the next one and you're like, oh, this one's also small and it's not ticking. You go to the next one and you're like, hey, these are all seemingly the same. They're having the same issue at this price. Yeah. And then you go to one and you're like, hey, this is like, 250 square feet bigger. Mm-hmm. And the kitchen's got an open design. Mm-hmm. And the backyard is bigger. This is the best deal of the ones we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Guess who gets the offer? Exactly. And so when you are pricing your home, from a seller's perspective, who's maybe not shopping the market every day, looking at houses, looking at houses, looking at houses, you might think, well, what's the difference? 50 grand. Like I've seen houses sell, you know, for this and that and the next number, mm-hmm. but it's in the moment. Yeah. Who's competing against you is going to set the tone when there's buyer pressure on purchasing homes. Yep. The sales activity that's recently happened, that can fluctuate because the markets can change. So if you are like, again, in the median house price market, these are two factors you're going to look at. You're going to look at houses that have sold that are very similar and then houses that are available, not sold, that are very similar, mm-hmm. right? And what I like to do is I like to lay all the MLS sheets out, okay, from the <laughs> lowest to the highest in a range. And I, I'd say, imagine your house is an on MLS sheet, knowing that covered parking is going to be a highlighted item, square footage is going to be a highlighted item, um, age of the home, 
location of the home, size of the lot, bedrooms, bathrooms, ensuite, all those features that we just looked at on all these other comparables. Now your MLS, where do you slide it in? Right. Slide it in there between scale of one to 10. Mm-hmm. And if you slide it in, you should know, like in looking at those, that those houses carefully, you should be able to slide it in between these bright two pages. Right. And then the variance might be, how do you perceive it to be better? How does your real estate agent make it the perception of that mm. home to be just slid one sheet over? Yeah, like what key features can you highlight? To, yeah, I see. And that's where pictures become so important. And that's where, you know, like risk assessment and doing all the things yeah. right. But if you're in the wrong price category, all mm. you're doing is helping the other listings. Right. <laughs> because they're looking at you going, okay, well, this one's definitely like not <laughs> this worth This one's it. out to lunch, so. So that yeah. makes mine look more priced correctly right. because you're now looking like a higher priced property with the same features as a lower priced property. Totally. And, you know, it is all about comparables. Like the the market, it's so much about what other, prop- how other properties are doing. There's no real getting around right. the comparison element. Because that is what informs everyone what the market is doing. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating, really. And here's what I've done in the past as a real estate agent. So you show five, seven houses to a particular buyer, and they have one they like. And they're questioning whether the value's there. Mm -hmm. And I say, great. If it's, let's say it's 650. Let's go book a showing on two houses at 675 and one at 700. And then you go look and you're like, okay. I see it. It's there. Mm-hmm. Or you do one of the lower sides and one of the higher sides and you go look at those properties. So you might be as a seller, hey, I got another showing today and all the realtor is doing is using your house. As a comparable. As a comparable for another property to justify <laughs> right. the price. That's the game, I guess. It is the game. So yeah. having it priced correctly is so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot understate this. Can't understate it enough. <laughs> to crush it as a seller. Crush it. Yeah, price it right. Be realistic. Are we at 20 crushes yet? Crushing. Our SEO is going way up on crush. <laughs> if you're Googling crushing it. Okay. Uh, last but not least. Definitely not least. This no. is the most important thing. Kind of, it, it kind of encompasses all the items we've talked yeah. about today. It's an umbrella. But it's um, your relationship with your agent. Your new best bud. Yeah. Your new BFF. Yeah, part of the family. Super, super critical. And by that, I mean, how do you choose your real estate agent? Mm-hmm. Because you need an agent that's going to fulfill all those things that we talked about and many, many, many more. We just mm-hmm. highlighted some of the areas where you can crush it. <laughs> but every property is different. Every, every person's different. Totally. Um, choosing your agent. Okay, go on. Yeah, I just I just feel like choosing your agent is your new business partner in this transaction and you need to look at it from that lens. Mm-hmm. So maybe your girlfriend who just got her real estate license, and I'm just choosing, I'm not trying to be politically incorrect here. <laughs> maybe your your best ombre on your baseball team just got his real estate license. And maybe that's not your best option for your new business partner. <laughs> it's potentially not your best option. But, um, but choosing the right real estate agent, nobody gets trained as a seller on how, how do you choose a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Do you choose the flashiest guy with the nicest car? Do you choose the one on the bus bench? Yeah. Do you choose the one on the podcast? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's And that's actually, an we have had an episode about how to choose the right agent. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but we're going to go into it right now because it's so go, important. We're going to highlight yeah. quickies. Yeah. And, you know, you could 
come a, come by an agent because your neighbor used them or because it's the realtor your family's used for 20 years. Like there's a, a million ways that you can be connected to an agent in your life, but you still have agency. You still have to make an intentional choice yep. to be the best agent for you. <laughs> and on the episode where we talked about introvert, extrovert, I wasn't mm-hmm. part of that one, but there was a really good point in that podcast where there is room for different communicators in that transaction. Mm-hmm. And so one real estate agent is not probably the best agent for every single person out there. Right. Right. That's why there's so many agents and that's why it's such a fruitful industry in that manner. We communicate at different levels. Mm-hmm. We have different intentions. We have uh, different desires as a seller mm-hmm. and you need to pick an agent that's going to fulfill all those categories. Right. So it would be really good as a seller if you're looking to win at hiring a real estate agent would be to sit down and itemize the things that are going to be important to you as a seller. Mm-hmm. Is it communication? Is it just price? Are you just focused on money? Because then, then the, the outcome is going to be different. I'll make you work harder. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be cleaner and brighter and there's yeah. going to be less stuff, right? Yeah. But, but it, you know, what are your intentions? Have you had bad communications with realtors in the past? Have you had bad showing experience? Has the, has there been issues in your past experience as a, as a seller mm-hmm. that you want to avoid moving forward? So I would make a list of things mm-hmm. and then I would start interviewing realtors to try and pick out the ones that are going yeah. to serve you best. And I have a couple of great questions Ooh. that you could ask a real estate agent. Yes. Trip them up. Um, I think I've said this in the past one, but I'm going to, I'm going to relay them anyways. Please do. I'd like to hear that. There's a couple of questions. Okay. So if you're interviewing a real estate agent and you ask them, okay, let's say we price it at this, at the price that you told me we're going to list it at. What do we do when it doesn't sell? Great question. I want to see how that's answered. Yeah. What are the steps that we take to verify the price or validate what's happening in the market? Mm Mm-hmm. And what do we do? Do we, do we scramble? Do we do nothing? Do we do something? Yeah. What do we do? Like, what, what's the answer to that what's question? What's your game plan? That's a great question to ask. Totally. Um, this one was asked to me one time, and it was, it was a great question. So I'm highlighting this one. What do we do if we have an issue after completion? Ooh. And we just had That's it. That's a great question. I just had some experience with this personally this weekend. So um, after completion... Does the seller just vacate the planet and <laughs> leave the agent hanging in there for, you know, to, to deal with stuff? Maybe. But I think the relationship continues. Yeah. And that's something that's really important because I want to hear how the real estate agent's going to answer that question. Yeah. If they fumble around with it, they haven't thought about it enough. But mm-hmm. if they got experience, they'll probably know how to answer that question. Yeah. And I, yeah, experience is, uh, from, from what I've observed, no deal is really the same as any other deal. So the more experience, the more variables the more you, you yeah. may have ex- um, worked through <laughs> in yep. your past as an agent. I would ask this one as a seller too, um, to an agent when they're, you know, preparing a strategy for pricing, marketing, et cetera. Um, what are the areas about this house do you think will, that we should shine on? Like, should we highlight? And what are the areas that we're vulnerable at? Like what are the, the home variables that are going to be vulnerable to getting people to buy our home? Yeah. Just a classic strengths and weaknesses analysis. Speed bumps. <laughs> yeah. What are the speed bumps to selling? That'd be a great title for a podcast. Oh, 
I'll write it down. <laughs> Coming to a theater near you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And um, obviously having a great uh, relationship with your real estate agent is going to require some really good communication. Mm-hmm. And the, ana- the, ana- the analogy that I have is if you are working with an agent and you've communicated via text, via email, via phone call, whatever is your specialty, mm-hmm. okay? The real estate agent is probably doing everything they can to make this deal work out for you. Mm-hmm. But if you've got skeletons in your closets that you have not communicated with the real estate agent, they're probably going to come out right. at some point in time. They might come out after the deal has closed, <laughs> which I've just experienced. <laughs> um, not so good. It's not great. <laughs> not great. Um, or they might come out in the due diligence procedure. Mm-hmm. So if you're uh, on a baseball team and you're the coach, let's say the coach is the real estate agent, Mm -hmm. and out there in the backfield, you have a guy who's got a twisted knee, a torn ACL. I don't know. He stands out there looking like a ball player, but he's got some vulnerabilities. It would be really good as the seller to indicate those vulnerabilities to your coach prior to getting the hit to left field and your guy can't move. You can't deal with the problem. Right. So it would be really important to communicate, lay it all out on the table. Yeah. Be the, honest. The be real open. estate agent is your teammate. Yes. You guys are teamies. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and your agent can help you the best by knowing what they're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's nothing like learning something vulnerable through the process uh, after that you're handcuffed and you can't deal with it appropriately. So being open and honest and transparent in all those areas and also responsive and communicative just under this communication umbrella, because as we know, like deals happen, there's a a flurry of communication that goes on. There's document signing, there's phone calls, there's quite a bit of back and forth for a little bit of time to make the deal happen and being available to communicate totally. um, is yep. probably also an advantage. Yeah. I mean, as a real estate agent, if you're going to... Or being clear about when you're available to That's what I was just going to get yeah. to. If you work in Tuk Tiok Tuk for two weeks of the mm-hmm. year and you only have satellite phone at mm-hmm. particular times, then obviously be available for those times because <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you we're going to have to communicate and bring you up to speed on what's happening. But yeah. at the same token, I think that um, I've been lucky and had good communication, but as a real estate agent, I've required it. Mm-hmm. Like I've asked the right, apparently not this weekend, but <laughs> asking more and divulging information about the home, like getting, digging deeper yeah. to make sure that there's no skeletons that we have to, that we're going to pop out on us later. Yeah. And as much as we've sort of put that on the seller's shoulders here in the crushing it as a seller podcast, there is, yeah, your agent should be helping you find those skeletons because you may not be aware of what what the skeletons are, right? Like well permit issues is a prime example. Totally great one. You've bought a home 10 years ago and but prior to you owning a home there was a permit issue that never got divulged to you when you purchased mm-hmm. and now you're going on the market and now our process in Kamloops is a little bit more strict mm-hmm. and we pull those documents and we figure all that stuff out. So if that's coming, we want to know about it now then Later, when there's a, a buyer sitting there who's emotional, holding a big fat check, mm-hmm. ready to hand it over to you, and every time there's a little glitch, 
is just tearing a little chunk of that check <laughs> off. Oh, no. And they're chunking out big chunks for cost <laughs> this, cost that. You want to try and put a cap on that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So And so within the sort of choosing the right agent, having a good relationship with them, I think hand in hand with that is a, a trust. Like at a certain point, if you've made a, a good choice with your your agent, like trust them to do their thing too, right. I, perhaps. Do you think that's accurate? Nothing gives me greater pleasure than when someone says, here's the keys to the roles and I, I trust <laughs> you fully. Make The roles. <laughs> the roles. Okay, the Hyundai. Okay. Um, the Sonata. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's have a great business transaction. Let's make this work the best because... Mm-hmm. I love the process of the transaction. Like yeah. there's nothing that makes it like makes me smile more than trying to trying to plan out negotiation negotiation strategies and like how I'm going to twist and turn throughout the transaction. I love that stuff. It gives yeah. me great pleasure. Good. So, okay. Yeah. So tr- like having some a seller's trust is a big Yeah, there I think coup. that yeah, for some people that might be difficult. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is an emotional process, you know, it's a big, typically signals a big change in someone's life and that might be other emotions with whatever factors are there. I don't know. Is there any trust building exercises you can do prior to uh, forming a relationship? Some trust falls. (laughs) (laughs) Blindfold trust falls backwards. (laughs) Just like, yeah, have a quick chat about your deepest, darkest fears and tell, (laughs) you have to tell each other something you've never told somebody else. Okay. Yeah. We'll have a top five on that as well. <laughs> what other trust oh, exercises God. can we do? Uh, the truth or dare. Just the truth or dare yeah, ones. Okay. We'll make it a short episode. <laughs> um, here's an asterisk. This is not, maybe didn't fall into the top five, but it's an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Okay. The process of completion is something we should talk about here because yes. the seller has a big role in it and there's yeah. a lot of like moving pieces that happen outside of the scene. Mm-hmm. And so let's just walk through what happens after subjects get removed. Okay. We get closer to completion date because mm-hmm. um, there's a seller factor here. Yeah. Okay. So conditions have been removed. Your real estate agent has put a sold sign on your property. You're feeling pretty pumped. You're telling your coworkers, I sold it. Now I can tell you the price and we had multiple offers. It was a great experience. All good. Okay. But you haven't been paid yet. Right. As so, the agent we're talking about now. As the agent or the seller. Okay. You haven't been paid yet. You're, you're, you're waiting for completion. Yeah. Okay. So moving closer to completion date, this is the date when the transaction officially happens. You're prepping, you're moving, you're getting your stuff piled up and getting it in the garage and getting ready to load them up on a move to your next adventure. Um, prior to completion, maybe a week or two out, you're probably going to get a call from your conveyancing team, your lawyer, notary, whatever you use. And they're going to say, okay, this is the day I need you to come in to do official document signing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's some logistics around that. I'm not going to get into it, but that's like an important day for them. Once they've signed at the lawyer's office, the real estate agent is going, should be calling you to do a walkthrough of your house. And this is where it's really, really important on setting the first impression for the buyer when they move in. Uh It's cleaning the house. Yes. Making sure that that house presents really well. Yeah. Because when the buyer moves in, they're going to tear apart your cleaning skill level, <laughs> regardless of how clean it is, because yeah. everybody has a different opinion on, yeah. on cleanliness factor. It's very subjective. Yeah. But here's, 
here's how that plays out. Okay, so if you move in and there is old socks and lint behind the dryer and the stove isn't clean Mm -hmm. and there's still cookie crumbs in the counters and stuff, when something real happens in the early days, do you think you give the seller the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, no. You're not giving them nothing. Yeah. Right? What do you mean by big happens? Like what's an example? Well, let's say you... um, Let's say the air conditioner doesn't work. Okay. Okay. But it did work on the inspection day. Mm -hmm. You know, are you just, are you going to fly off the deep handle Mm -hmm. because the home wasn't clean when it was supposed to be and now the AC is not working? There's just like no benefit of the doubt to the seller. Right. I think you give the best, your best chance for success is when you present the home in a better condition than they expected to get it in. Right. Which their agent, the buyer's agent should have explained to that buyer, when you go through that home on home inspection day or showing day, this is as clean as it's ever going to (laughs) get. Okay. Yeah. This is, they're showing the shine at its best. Yeah. If there's dirt and crumbs at that point, be ready. There's going to be dirt and crumbs on move-in day and prepare for that. Mm -hmm. Have a cleaner come in before you move in. Sure. Don't show up at the minute you get the keys and expect to move in and now you're cleaning at the same time. Mm -hmm. Good point. I have cleaned a fridge once. Um, Just once? I, I've only cleaned one <laughs> fridge on move-in day because it was that disgusting. Oh, boy. <laughs> they might even listen to the podcast. <laughs> Shout out to them. But there's been times where I've had to truck garbage away and call, you know, uh, rubbish removers and where the seller has just left uh, a kind of an unreasonable amount of sure they wouldn't garbage. mind having this old boat that's been sitting here with a crack in it, mm. you know, because I don't want to move it. Uh, I don't need it. Maybe they want it. Yeah, maybe there's like a really a laziness factor, uh, or sort of like oh, it's not my problem anymore. Trash mentality. Yeah, but 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 unless it's been as stipulated in the contract as an item that you're intentionally purchasing with the home. It's best not to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's best not to be there. And I, I, I try to prepare buyers and sellers for this particular item, but as a seller, you, if you want the benefit of the doubt, if something else should poke its nasty little head after completion, you're best to set the best first impression so you get the benefit of the doubt. Right. Make the transaction perfect. Because otherwise the um, buyer's agent might reach out to you as the seller's agent to say, hey... Yeah. Like now you need to fix this. W-T-F. Pulling you back into that yeah. tangle. Right. So it's important. Yeah, it is important. And um and assuring that you didn't like take things off the wall that weren't supposed to be removed from the wall and mm-hmm. just that you sorted all those items out. But I mean that's a realtor's job to help you go through that process. Yeah. But uh if you want to crush it. Crushing it is what we're in the business of today. We're the, today we're crushing things. Crushing it as a seller. Leave it as clean as you possibly can. That's a great... Just for like a, a clean break. A clean break. Yeah, a clean... <laughs> clean exit. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and as you said at the top, it's not a small amount of work. Like this is not a light load of a list no. to crush it. But as, yeah, one of the biggest financial transactions and could be a big starting chapter of your life or it's a can be a critical time in your life. So take it. Well, and you're, take you're the exhausted. Steps you need to the take. process is exhausting. Yeah, it's a huge financial burden. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of emotion in there. You're, you're maybe you're calling on friends and family to give you assistance in mm-hmm. the process of moving, and so you just want all the things to play out seamless as seamless as possible. And uh, we were saying, as a seller, you can hire a cleaner to come in 
before buying, but as a seller, you could totally hire a cleaner to fix, 100%. help you finish off those final stages. Yeah. You know, those are a couple costs here and there that may not have accounted for, but. And here's a demand in Kamloops. I don't know if there's any uh, cleaners out there listening in, but mm. there is not a cleaner that really specializes in real estate transactions where it's quick and dirty, move in, move out, try and slam you know, them. A friend of mine recently sold her home and she actually had a really difficult uh, experience with a cleaning agency yeah. that no showed her for one awesome. and then came and only did half the time and then didn't do the depth of cleaning that was agreed upon. So she ended up cleaning everything herself after paying this money, after wasting right. time and it just added so much stress. So yeah, I think if there was a cleaning agency that specialized in yeah. uh, moving, I f- I feel like, let us know if you know of one. Yeah, totally. <laughs> let me know for sure. But I, I feel like if four realtors should pool some resources together, start a little cleaning business mm-hmm. specifically around the world of real estate transactions. Yeah. Could be pretty busy occupation. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We could be. So you're sharing this on the air. Well, cause I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I'm in if you're in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let us know if you're interested in this new and exciting business opportunity. Pool some money. We're not just a podcast. We're also <laughs> venture capital. Venture capitalists here. Okay. Cool. Well, um, I think we've covered everything on our crushing it as a seller list. Good luck to everyone. If you're in this process right now, reach out if you have any questions, obviously. Yeah. We'd love to help. And get and on and vote for us as a best local podcast. I thought you'd never ask oh. if you're still listening to this podcast. <laughs> Appreciate the listen. Yeah. And uh, we want to crush it. We want to crush it in the old best of cantaloupe. So feel free to tick our little box as mm-hmm. best local podcast. Please vote. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Hey, thanks for listening to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to get new episodes delivered right to your feed. And we want to hear from you. Send comments and questions to parker at royallepage.ca or reach out on Instagram at pbrealestater. <laughs>